0: Amen. One of my favorite speakers in the world is going to speak tonight. And uh, I'm especially uh, excited. Um, How long we've been married? 23 years. And um, I can ask her that because she's cool enough. She won't even get mad at me. And I don't even have any idea how long we've been married. So what you see is what you get. And so it it blesses me uh, that she's going to share tonight. Um, um, I can get excited about things. I can have big ideas. I can take us all different kinds of places, but the woman that God gave me is rock steady, just, just solid, rock solid. My whole life, and so I thank God that He brought us together. Um, and uh, uh, we met on a blind date in uh, Kokomo, uh, 24 and a half years ago, and uh, it, we didn't know it was a miracle at the time. When I walked in, man. Should have seen her. Gee whiz. Okay, she's going to preach tonight, but she was in all white. She had white shorts, a white shirt, and talk about she had some sort of shirt with all types of white sparkly stuff on it. Her hair was absolutely humongous. It was the 90s, (laughs) huge hair, ruby red lips, blonde hair, blue eyes, and I was blown away. So um, I'm excited tonight because uh, uh, she puts a... um, Uh, well yesterday you know I said well just tonight I said how long is your word she goes I have no idea I don't know if it's 10 minutes I don't know if it's an hour I have no clue but uh but I do know that it'll be a word from the Lord for us amen amen so let's welcome Kelly tonight
1: awesome God is good amen hairspray is good too man I tell you my hair was so big, like, I see pictures now, and I literally, I'm like, surely that's a shadow, like, on the wall, my hair is not that big, why would you guys not, they probably did tell me, but I was like, I was not gonna put down that hairspray, you would, like, pull one hair, and the whole head was gonna go, like, it was like a helmet, so, I loved my rave hairspray, yes, alright, well, I just wanna encourage you this evening, and this is, like, totally, um, cause I'm just amazed, not going to cry, but I'm about to, know, how good God is, because, you know, that I'm sharing, you know, I, I think, Ashley, you're the one, like, what, like, there was a time, you know, like, at IUK, and speech class, and I mean, I was, I dreaded it, I was so fearful, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't speak, you know, like, really tormented, and fearful to do it, you know, and so, Okay, if you're in speech class, you have to pass the class. You know what I mean? And so, you, in order to pass the class, you have to stand up and give a speech. And so, okay, you had to do a one-minute speech, then a two-minute, and then a five-minute, and then at the end of the class, you did a ten-minute speech. And I literally, like, I mean, at that point in time, I literally, I was like, okay, I would just rather, like, fail the class and not go. And so, I honestly, I just had so much fear. You know what I mean? But. Um, perfect love cast out all fear. Amen. And God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us power, love, and a sound mind. But for that speech class, the the last 10-minute one, I was like, I told my teacher, I was I I can't do this. Like, I really cannot do this. And now, it's probably not, I mean, it probably wasn't God, but she was like, okay, I can't give you full credit. But if you just give me an outline, then I'll give you partial credit for it. And so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> At that time, I was like, thank you, Jesus. But I probably needed a little nudge at that time to like, okay, come on, go ahead and do it. But anyways, I just want to share um, this summer, you know, because we have a, a senior at Purdue. We have one that's going to be a freshman at Purdue who's actually, he's going to move into the dorms on the 14th. And so, and then we have an eighth grader, and then we have um Two sixth graders, the first year of junior high, and so this summer we just, you know, had a plan. Let's let's make it a really great summer. You know, let's spend a lot of time together, quality time, creating happy memories. And you know, the first trip that we we did, we went to Florida. Now all of us drove in a minivan: 21 year old, 18 year old boys, 14 year old girl, and two 11 year old boys in a minivan. Okay. But you know that, it I mean, it was going to be a good time. We got our suitcases out, and Grace is real organized. She has, like, a checklist, you know. And so the everybody was anticipating it was going to be a great time. And so we're getting our suitcases out, and everything is, like, just, okay, you're, you're planning it. It's all neat and orderly, and, you know, you make sure you have everything, you know, this kind of outfit, these kind of shoes. And it's all just perfect, you know, um, everything fits in the car, well, then we enjoy our week, and then we're like, okay, now we have to leave super early in the morning, so you guys need to get your bags packed tonight, you know, and nobody wants to pack their bag, because now we're leaving, you know, and it's over, and we're going home, and so Sam and Joe, I'll just say Sam and Joe, because my suitcase is neat and tidy, <laughs> so Sam and Joe, you know, you there you go in their room and I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm just gonna shut the door. You guys pack your stuff. Well it's like it's kinda like, Okay, Mom, you know, we, we need help. Okay, so you go and like here's their suitcase. Well, you know, first of all it's like super heavy. You can oh my g I mean, okay, you guys have to carry this up the stairs, and this isn't even going to fit in the car. We have to be able to close it. You know, and so I'm like, what on earth do you have in there? Because at first the suitcase represented, oh, this is like, you know, good times and, and excitement and happy memories, but now the suitcase was like, a burden. It was super heavy, couldn't be carried. It was like, how are we going to fit everything in there? There's things I don't even know what's in there. You know what I mean? There might be breakable things in there and sure enough, there were breakable things in there. And so now, this suitcase was heavy and it was a load and nobody wanted to carry it. And it's like, (sighs) and so it's like, okay, we need to take a minute and let's look to see what you have in your suitcase. So kind of fling it, oh my. There you go. Random stuff that doesn't even need to be in the suitcase, okay? We have a box of goodies, I guess. You know what I mean? A box of goodies. We have, does this really need to be in there? You know, it doesn't even fit in there. We can surely leave it, I mean, for the next person, you know. Take that out of your suitcase. And I'm like, what? what's the smell in here, guys? What is going on, you know? And then I'm like digging through. Well, it could possibly be the damp towel because inside the damp towel, we have wet swim trunks. You know, that always works. Oh, there we go, more random things. That always works well in a suitcase to have wet swim trunks and damp damp towels. And so I'm like, okay, we got lots of trash in our... (laughs) We could just throw this away. We don't really have to bring this with us. You know, we have lots of trash. And I'm like... Okay, digging around, well, why is it so, oh, because during vacation they collect change during the week, so now they got, they have all their change that they've collected in the suitcase, you know, I'm like, okay, well that might be the reason it's really heavy, that probably could be taken out, you know, that's lots of pennies, and then I'm like, but still, what, what's the smell, you know what I mean, what is going on, and I'm like, there's all these hidden compartments, we've got flip-flops in here, oh, more, more random things that don't need to be in the suitcase, more trash. Oh yeah, we got lots, anybody want an empty water bottle? No, it's got a little sip in there. They might, they might have needed that for, you know, still there's the smell, you know, so I'm like, well, well there's stuff in it. There's, there are hidden compartments and there are things in every single compartment of their, uh, yeah, what, what is this? Okay, we have, oh, they probably found some rocks, you know what I mean, that were important to them at the time, like at our house or something. So that's a memory. So it was, oh yeah, got, got to be able to draw in the car, you know, that, now that, that we could probably leave in there. That was kind of, but still. So. Okay. Oh, yep, found. Oh, the source of the smell. We have some shells in there. Well, when we had these shells, these shells had living things inside of them. So, and there were there were several of these shells. And they you you can still see this has a like So, they were alive, okay, at one time. And so we wanted to bring them home, okay? So I think they put them in the sun and let them dry, but that does not kill the smell, okay? So then they're in their backpacks. It smells horrendous. When we did get home and they took them out of the backpack or out of the um, suitcase, then they put them downstairs in the basement all over the table. And so we're like, I mean, the basement, I mean, it smells horrible. What is that? You go down and it's it's the shells. So then the shells went outside, you know what I mean? But like they're carrying around things that really don't need to be in the suitcase. and And the things in there made the suitcase become a burden. Okay. And the definition of burden, it says something that is emotionally difficult to bear, a weight, a source of great worry or stress. And so like at one time, this represented good things, you know, excitement and anticipation. And then all of a sudden things happened, you know, and, and I mean, they had things hidden in there, like in hidden compartments. I don't even know like where they, I didn't know that the compartment existed and like the things they had in there. I'm like, why random rocks and trash? And I mean, I, I don't know, like all kinds of things in their, in their suitcase. And so sometimes our lives, you know, we just have to take a minute. And if, if we're constantly like stressed out or worried or we're responding in ways that like, why do I keep responding that way? I don't want to do that. Why do I keep doing that? I don't want to be that person, but we keep doing it and we cannot figure out why. Sometimes we have to take a minute and, and reevaluate things and look in our suitcase and see if we have packed some things in there that do not belong in there and that we need to get rid of immediately, right? Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. it's one of my favorite favorite scriptures and um in the amplified version i usually just read new king james so i got a lot of different versions well only a couple but i just like the way that they read and so in the amplified version it says for i know the plans and thoughts that i have for you says the lord plans for peace and well-being and not for disaster And so I think a lot of times if you don't know that God has a plan for your life, then you're just living however, you know, you're doing whatever, what everybody else is doing because you don't know how to plan. No, God has a plan, and things get really messed up. And so we have to know every day that you wake up, you're here on this earth for a reason, and God has a good plan for your life. And if there's things that are, like, messed up and disastrous, that's not God's plan. That's not his best. And so maybe somewhere along the line, we have put some things in our lives or in our suitcase that don't need to be there. Because if I asked you guys the question, why did Jesus come to the earth? And the answer to that in John 10.10 10 in the amplified, amplified Version says, The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I came, Jesus came, that they may have have and enjoy life. He came that we might have life and enjoy life, a good life, and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. He wants us to have excessive, rich, extravagant life. That's the reason he came. You know, as Pastor Dan shared, all these blessings that he, they're ours for us to have. And he came so that we could have those blessings to give us life, a good life. And just like the suitcase, you know, it represented At the beginning, it represented good things and excitement and anticipation. But then, once it got overloaded with things that shouldn't be in there stress, worry, all those things, you know, once it got overloaded, then it was a burden and it was hard to carry. And our lives are not supposed to be burdensome, they're not supposed to be hard. He says, My yoke is easy and my burden is light. That's the life that God has for us. And so, I just want to encourage you this evening that um, we might just need to open up our suitcase and we might just need to look inside. And this message, oh, this is what God always does because I never know, like, you know, Sandy was texting on Monday or Tuesday, you know, what's, do you have your title and do you have your scriptures? I'm like, I I don't know. And I, and I really didn't know, but like I really did have this example of the suitcase, but I think deep down because... You know, I knew that like one of my examples, it's it's going to be a personal one. You know what I mean? Like every time, there's just something that I've been through, and so usually I'm, you know, I I don't take offense. Um, I, I really, I really don't. Things you things don't bother me. People might say something, they might do something, and I don't take offense. And so, like, I've been pretty good in that area. <laughs> I don't take an offense, but. Something happened, and it, actually, it had gone. You know, this had gone on for several years, and it wasn't me, but it involved my kids. <laughs> I don't take any offense, <laughs> you know. And so, I was like, okay. And I didn't realize how much this had affected me because I was like, oh, I don't, I don't take any, I don't take offense. You know what I mean? But when I was around this person, I literally, I mean, I. Grumpy, and it just, you know, I was irritated, and uh, you know, I just didn't really understand why I got that way, you know what I mean? But I I, then I heard the person's voice, and I was like, I don't even want to hear this. Their voice, it sounds like, uh. I was like, mm, that might have a problem with that, you know. And so, asked the Lord, you know, and I'm like, and He's like, You have unforgiveness. I was like, I don't have unforgiveness telling the Lord, I don't have unforgiveness. I I just, our personalities are not the same. They just don't mess. You know what I mean? I just don't understand that personality and I don't have unforgiveness. I just, our personalities. And so then, unforgiveness, that's what I heard, you know, and I was like, no. (laughs) So then I, um, in 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 through 6, and this is the Living Bible, it says, love is patient and kind Never jealous or proud, never haughty or selfish or rude. Love does not demand its own way. And then here's what, it, this, is, this is what let me know that, like, I did have unforgiveness because I was not, I could not respond in love. And this is what, and love does not demand its own way. It is not irritable or touchy. <laughs> what? <laughs> let me read another version. I don't like that. <laughs> So, and I was very irritable just being around that person, you know. And so I was like, okay, it is not irritable or touchy. It does not hold grudges and will hardly even notice when others do wrong. What? So I had to, I had to begin to pray for that person. And I had to ask the Lord for forgiveness for myself for carrying that when I should not have been carrying that and so I just had to begin now did it did that person ever come and say oh I apologize I no. did it change that situation no not at all can I be around that person now yes I was just and it's not anybody from this church so don't be thinking who was it. (laughs) but I was just around that person the other night and and it's like God has totally lifted that off of me because I asked for forgiveness. And then I just begin, you know, now it's like when I see that person, I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to pray for their family. And now I'm excited because I'm like, God, I I, I want to see good things. I want to hear about the blessings in that person's life. What are you going to do in their family, you know? Um, but here's the thing. Like, um, a long time ago, and we, we have completely believed for Luke's healing, but they said he had, like, um, chronic asthma or something like that. And um, I always want to put you on all this medicine and all these steroids and everything like that. But he even believed, you know, he's, he didn't want to be on all the medicine and whatever God tells you to do, that's what you have to do. But we were just believing for healing for him. And um, I was like, chronic asthma, he does not have that. But we wouldn't really know anything was going on with him except for maybe if he would get a cold or something, it would, I mean, a week would go by, two weeks would go by, three weeks would go by. And he'd just still have this cold. And there were a couple times when we took him to the doctor and they checked him and they're like, they give him a breathing treatment and then they're like, his O2 level, like there were two times that I can remember that he had to stay in the hospital because his O2 level was low, the breathing treatment didn't work. And I'm like, how could this be? I mean, like we didn't even know that like really, you know, other than the cold. And he, he even felt like, he never, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Like he'd tell you I'm fine. And so I'm like, how, how is this possible? And the, his doctor said that it's kind of like um, um, like an elephant sitting on his chest. But the thing is, like, if, if an elephant came and sat on our chest, we would know right away. But it had been like that for so long that he just didn't really realize that there was a weight on him and that there was something better, you know, like there was a better way for him. And so that's kind of like unforgiveness. Like, for me, I honestly, this, this is probably – two or three years that this had gone on. And I didn't realize that there was a weight that I was carrying around something that I didn't need to carry. And that, you know what I mean? Because you just get so used to carrying it that you don't even recognize that it's a weight. It's a burden. And why would we want to live, you know, carry any extra weights when we don't have to? And so um, that's one of the things, like for me, that (laughs) I was like, how is that? Where, you know, in this hidden pocket, unforgiveness, you know, and I had to really dig around in there, because I was, I was not, I did not have unforgiveness, you know what I mean, I was, and you know, trying to justify it, but when you have that irritation, and you know, it just happens every time, and it doesn't change, then you know that you might have something in there that you shouldn't have to, and then the second one, um, and this kind of goes with the unforgiveness, but it's, if we can look in our suitcase, And there's lots of things, but one thing that really adds a load would be if you you take a hurt, if you're hurt. And this is really, um, this is a big thing because sometimes, which I truly understand, people have done things to us and said things to us, and it really happened, and it really was painful, and it was a hurtful experience you know, and the world would tell us, well, you have the right to feel the way you do. You have the right to be mad. You have the right to be angry because look at what they did to you. But I'm just telling you, that is, that's a lie from the devil. And that is something that will like weigh you down and it'll stop you from moving forward. It'll stop, you know, God's blessings in your life, this rich, full life that he has for you, that he wants you to have, if you're carrying around hurts, even though it might have been done to you, then it's not hurting that person. It's hurting you. It's it's holding you back. It's stopping God from doing complete miracles in your life. And, you know, I always think of the story of, um, of Joseph because Joseph was a foreshadowing of Jesus. You know, he was a representation of Jesus. And if anybody had... You know, a right, if that's what you want to call it, to be hurt. Look at Joseph. I mean, he had this wonderful family, all these brothers, and the brothers became jealous of him. And then they, you know, first they were going to kill him, and then they decided, okay, we'll just sell him into, you know, we'll sell him, put him in a pit, and then we'll then they sold him, sold him into slavery. His own brothers, jealous, sold him into slavery. Right then it put him in a position where, like, he was accused of raping somebody, falsely accused. That's a big accusation. Falsely accused of raping someone, okay? Ended up in prison, was in prison, was forgotten about in prison. Now, can anybody relate? Like, it, this This was something that was really done to him, you know? And it, it. he could have, like, taken that hurt and put it in there and carried that hurt around, you know? I have the... I have the right to feel this way. You know, and a lot of times, this is how you know that you're carrying a hurt around because you respond in anger. Somebody says something to you, well, and you're going to, like, let them know. You respond in anger, or you're resentful, or you become bitter, or this is a big one, too. You become full of self-pity. Well, why did that happen to me? How come it didn't happen to any, you know, why Why me? And, and then it makes you, you know, like, what do they always say, hurting people? hurt people right and so that's kind of the the things that that's kind of like how you know if maybe there's something in there maybe that hurt is in there somewhere and you need to get rid of it and if we go to Genesis chapter 45 I just know that like When you walk in forgiveness and you just let things go, then that just allows God to do so much more. The the Bible says that what the devil meant for harm, that God can turn it around and use it for good. And so maybe something really bad, you know, happened to you or was said to you. But just maybe when you let that go and you let that hurt go and you allow God to just fill you with his presence and his love, maybe God's going to just do something great in your life. He's going to perform a miracle in your life. He's going to use you to be a miracle in somebody else's life. He's going to, you know, I don't know that there's just endless possibilities, but I know that when you let go of her, it just opens like the floodgates for him to do great things in you and through you and for you. Um, in Genesis, this is when, you know, Joseph, like we just said, all that, falsely accused, accused of rape, into prison, you know, and then forgotten about and, and all those things. It says, then Joseph could not re... Um, and this is after he met with his brothers, it says, then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, make everyone go out of the room for me. Now, when he was crying out, he wasn't like, oh, I hate those. He was crying out because they were his brothers, and he had already forgiven them and, and moved forward, and he was looking forward to God to do, you know, what he wanted to do, and so if he had been carrying that hurt around, when he saw his brothers, he probably well, I'll let well, you, you're going to get a piece of me. You think I'm going to help you? Look what you did to me, you know? And so he saw his brothers, and he cried out, make everyone go out of the room. So no one stood with him. While Joseph made himself known to his brothers, and he wept aloud, and the Egyptians in the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer for him, for they were dismayed at his presence. They're probably thinking, oh my, <laughs> we're about to get ours now. You know, we did wrong, and that, you know what I mean? They probably didn't. That's, that's what the world would tell you, right? This is your chance to, to get him back, you know what I mean? And then if you're going to get it now, and so... It says, And Joseph said to his brothers, Please come near me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. You know, I'm not saying that God God causes bad things to happen because I certainly don't expect that. But I do believe that God can take those things that the devil meant for harm and he can use them for good. And he still has a plan, and he still has a purpose, and he's still good. Amen? And he said, For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these years the famine has been in the land, and still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So now it was. Not you who sent me here, but God, and he made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all the house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Hurry and go to my father and say to him, thus says your son, Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me you and your children, your children's children, and your flocks, and your herds, and all that you have, there I will provide for you, lest you and your household, um, and all that you have come to poverty, because there's going to be more famine, and more, you know what I mean? What would have happened? God had a plan. God turned that situation around. What would have happened if Joseph had that, you know, hurt in his life, and unforgiveness, but you did this to me. You really did this to me, and that you know, really, like, cut deep and it hurt. And then when he saw his brothers, if he was holding on to that, I'm not going to help you. Look what you did to me. You you don't deserve, you know what I mean? You don't deserve this. But that's that's the devil's way of thinking. That's the world's way of thinking. But God wanted to do something big. He was, you know, big, big. And he saved all of, you know, all of the people from, from the famine and everything like that. It's amazing. It's awesome, you know. And so I just encourage you. You know, sometimes like we, that hurt is like buried deep in there. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to do anything with it. We don't want to deal with it. You know what I mean? It's just in there tucked away. But God says, get it out of there. Let me come and do a new thing for you. Let me completely, completely heal and restore and make it better and make it new. Amen. And then for the fun thing, (laughs) not really. Another all these hidden compartments in here. What else could be in here? Hey, we have an alligator head in there. That's kind of cool. For real, that's just a distraction here. Let me see. Souvenir. He's <laughs> ah, got sharp little teeth. <laughs> Doesn't really need to be in there, right? <laughs> not don't really need to carry that around, but so another one a compartment that you might need to make sure that is not full of anything would be guilt and condemnation. And, you know, you hear this a lot. People say, yeah, but you, you don't know what I've done. You don't know the person that I am. You, you don't know. You know what I mean? And that, that just gets me because, um, because the devil's tricky, right? He doesn't usually just come out and say, you're a bad person. What he does is he begins to say, but, and maybe it's things that you really did. You know what I mean? But but look what you did. You know, I'll, I'll put it in, on, I'll make an example of myself. This is just an example, not really. But, you know, God might say, um, you, for your kids, you know, you you could have done that. You should have handled that in a different way. You know, and why why did you act like that? You, you know, you, you should have, you could have. And all of a sudden, I start thinking, yeah, I should have done that. Man, I missed it man, I'm a bad mom. You know what I mean? But that's what the devil does. You know what I mean? He gets you, like, to start going over, you know, accusing you of things. And maybe it's accusing you of things that you actually did do. But I just want to encourage you that um, the Bible says that, that our sins and our lawless deeds, I will remember no more. And that's in Hebrews 10, 17. It doesn't say, you know, well, I won't remember the little sins anymore. All sin, he will remember no more. Your sins, I will by no means ever remember. Ever remember. Now, there was one time, 2,000 years ago, when he remembered every single sin that was ever done. And that 2,000 years ago, he remembered it, and it was nailed to the cross with Jesus. So now, what he remembers and what he sees is the blood of Jesus. He sees you cleansed. He sees you justified, just as if you've never sinned. So, when the devil is so crafty and so tricky, playing those things, and, you know, you should have done that. You, you know, saying all those things. You need to say, no, my sins are forgiven. I am the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. It's not about the things I've done or haven't done. I'm righteous and I'm in right standing with my Father because of the shed blood of Jesus. When he looks at me, he looks at me as if I've never sinned. Amen? When he looks at you, he's like, man, that's my my beloved. He doesn't say, oh yeah, they, mess, they messed up yesterday. Your sins, all sins ever, past, present, future, I will never ever remember again. Amen? The devil is such a liar. Such a liar. <sighs> that's why I don't like guilt and condemnation. Because I know that, like, that's such a weight to have on you. You know what I mean? Because sometimes we really have messed up. And we could have, should have done things different. You know? And so what does the devil do? He just comes and, and and keeps going over, accusing you and telling you these things. But we have power over the enemy Amen. And so he's given us his word. And that's what the the Bible says, that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We overcome because of Jesus. And then he's given us words to speak. And so when the devil comes accusing you, then you have to use your lips and say, no, no, no. My best days are in front of me. My past is behind me. I'm forgiven. I'm righteous because of Jesus. It has nothing to do with my past. It has nothing to do with my mistakes. I'm righteous. I'm in right standing with my Father. He loves me. Nothing will ever be able to take that love away from me. Nothing can separate me from his love. You have to actually, like, use your words. Use your lips. Amen. It's very important to, like, just put the devil in his place. Because we, we read that John 10, 10 steal, kill, destroy constantly. That's what he wants to do. That's his purpose. That's why, you know, he's going to go after you constantly. So you have to constantly be keeping your mind renewed, constantly taking authority and using your authority, constantly keeping him under your feet. Amen. Okay. And we're getting ready to wrap this up here. I know I have one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. hmm <laughs> The last thing. And we got to make sure that on this one we're not actually like unloading it or unpacking it out of the suitcase, okay? But you're going to hear in just a second. And you know how we had those living beings in there, those little shells that were they were alive at one time, and then they became dead, and then they smelled horrendous—dead dreams dead dreams, things that God has put inside you and you're like, man, it's been, it's been way too long. There's no way that I could do that now. Things that God has put inside you to do, it's not going to happen. The circumstances are not right. I don't have the finance to do that. People you tell have told people about it and they're like, there's no way that you could do that. You know what I mean? So those dreams, maybe they're just freshly buried. Maybe some of them have been dead for a really long time. But if God has put it in you, then he is faithful to, to complete it. Amen? He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. And if he's put it inside of you, it's time to resurrect it, right? If you've buried it, it's time to resurrect it. That's why I was saying, for that, we want to get rid of the, we want to get rid of the stench. We want to get rid of the death, right? We want to unpack the death, and we want to allow him to resurrect the dreams and the desires that he's put inside of us. It says he has a good plan for us, right? He has a plan, and that plan has not changed. You know what I mean? Circumstances and situations might have changed, but God's plan is still the same. Um, this is, uh, I just read this, and so I wrote it down, but it says, dead things feel heavier because of the dead weight effect. A dead weight basically means that the center of gravity is wherever you are supporting the weighted load with no support from it. So it feels heavier but it actually weighs the same. So I'm just asking you guys, if it, if it is weighing you down, but it actually, you know what I mean? Why not just get rid of the dead weight then and just allow God to come in and resurrect and do what he wants to do? Is anything too difficult for him? And if we look at the story of Lazarus, I, I, I think that, yeah, I'm going to wrap this up really quick, but we look at the story of Lazarus. Lazarus was dead in the grave for 4 days. And Jesus came on the scene and people were like, "Oh no, Do you, I mean, he's going to begin to it's, he's probably smells now. It's been 4 days. You know what I mean? What are you doing now? It's too late." You know, and maybe that's how your dreams. It's been too long. What are you trying, you know, why are you, what are you doing now? But what did um, Jesus said? He said, "Lazarus, come forth." Right? And so I just encourage you, allow God to resurrect those dreams. Dreams, you know, come alive inside of me again. Amen. The devil's the one that comes to kill, and steal, and destroy God's plan and God's vision and God's purpose and God's dream for your life. You might have had a dream and you're like, but but how? You know, and you put it on the back burner. It's time to let those be resurrected. Amen. Get rid of all the 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 death, you know, and come alive. Amen. There's another story, and I just and I will end with this, but. Um, the story of Samson. And Samson had a vision. He knew the vision for his life. Actually, I am going to read that real quick. So if we read in Judges chapter 13, 5, for behold, he's talking to Samson's mother, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God, from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. It says, he shall begin, it didn't say he was the deliverer, it says he shall begin to deliver him. So Samson grew up not cutting his hair, he knew his purpose, right? He knew the, the dream that God had for him, he knew what he was supposed to be doing, right? But then he kind of messed up along the way, right? I think Samson had some hurts in his life, but actually that's a whole, that's such an amazing, um, Samson, you know, reading it as a kid, I just never knew the depth of it, it was just like, oh yeah, Samson, Joliet, Samson cut his hair, but, um, but Samson, he messed that up, got his hair cut, you know what I mean, they came, cut his hair, he didn't realize that God had, you know, had left, and all of a sudden they gouged out his eyes, so he had this, he knew God's plan, he knew God's purpose, he knew that, you know, what he was on the earth for. And then they came and they gouged out his eyes and he couldn't see anymore. So he went from vision to no vision, right? And so did God's plan change for his life even though he made those mistakes? It didn't. And so if we go on to read in Judges chapter 16, verse 25. So it happened when they this is talking about the Philistines, when their hearts were merry and they said, call for Samson that they may perform for us. So they called out Samson from the prison and he performed for them and they stationed him between pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who held him in his hand. Okay, he knew God's plan and all of a sudden his eyes Were gouged out and he couldn't see anymore. He made mistakes and he couldn't see that plan happening. But then he began to get a vision inside, like the Holy Spirit has put things inside of us, right? And he began to see supernaturally. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. He began to see. It wasn't dead. And so says Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them now the temple was full of men and women all the lords of the philistines what was what was his he was going to begin right he knew his purpose about 3,000 men and women on the roof watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray, strengthen me. I pray just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And we all know that he pushed those pillars and every single one, it fell down, right? It hasn't been too long, right? Right? It has not been too long. You haven't messed up too many times or made too many wrong mistakes. God's plan for you is still the same plan that it's always been. And, you know, the devil wants to say, no, just like Samson, no, you, you, you messed up. You lost your, you lost your strength. Mm-mm. Allow God to come in and do a new thing and resurrect dreams and desires and hope. Amen. You got to get rid of the dead weight. He is the resurrection and the life. Amen resurrect dead dreams this evening. Amen? Um, And I just want to encourage you. I just have a couple last scriptures. And this is Hebrews 12. Since we have such a huge crowd of men of faith watching us from the grandstands, let us strip off anything. Let us unpack anything that slows us down or holds us back, and especially those sins that wrap themselves so tightly around our feet, those hidden things that are just in there so, you know, We don't even hardly realize them anymore. They're hidden in there. It says, let us run with patience because it says patience with endurance. Patience. Let patience have its perfect work so the end will be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Let us run with patience and endurance and strength. The particular race that God has set before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, our leader, our instructor. Amen. We might not know how to do it. We might not know, you know, what we're supposed to do, but he's our instructor. We keep our eyes on him. We don't keep our eyes on what the world says to do, what the world says is the right way. The world says, oh, you can you ha- you can act like that. You have the right to be like that. Do what makes you feel good. We don't keep our eyes on those situations. We keep our eyes on Jesus. He's our instructor. He'll show us exactly what we need to to do to be the person he's calling us to be, to get our or to get our suitcases unpacked with all the garbage that the devil tries to load us down with. Now, here's the thing. Psalms 139 says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test my thoughts. Point out anything you find in me that makes you sad. He's not saying, let me show you where you've messed up. He's like, let me show you. You know, I want you to have a good life. Let me show you what you need to get rid of. Let me show you how to make it. Better. Let me show you what I want to do. Let me show you the things. It might be painful sometimes to get rid of that stuff, but it's because God wants to do something amazing and supernatural and big, bigger than what we can even hope or think. Amen. It says, and then it says, um, and lead me along the path of everlasting life. And my last scripture, really, this is my last scripture. This is Romans twelve two, and it says. And this is the, the living Bible version. Um, it says, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but be a new and different person with a fresh newness in all you do and think. Then you will learn from your own experience how his ways really will satisfy you. Keep your mind renewed. Amen. Keep your mind renewed to, with the word. And God's going to, like, do great things in your life. He does not want your life to be weighted down with cares. He doesn't want you to keep responding in a critical way or in an angry way or in a, you know, a hurt way or a bitter way. He doesn't want you to be, oh, why is this happening to me? That's the gunk the devil uses, amen? we got to renew our mind to what the word of God says. We're victorious. We're strong. We're more than conquerors, Amen. God has good things for you. He has a good plan, a good purpose. Amen. He wants to flood your life with his love, with his blessings, with his peace, with his prosperity, with his vision, with purpose, with passion. But if, if we're full of garbage, it doesn't allow him any room to do what he wants to do. So we got to unpack it. Amen. God is good. Amen.